0: Welcome back to Real Estate 311. This is Steve Burgess, where on Real Estate 311, we talk about real estate relating to investment and business. We're looking at both of them. We're really at the early stages of my podcasting career. I've been a little bit inconsistent, but I'm getting more inconsistent as time goes on. At least that's my plan. Thanks for turning this on today. Let's just get right into it. So today we're going to talk about investment real estate and specifically a 1031 tax deferred exchange. The basic overview of a 1031 tax deferred exchange, some people have heard of it, some people haven't, is it allows you to sell an investment property where you have a gain on it and acquire another property or properties and not pay the capital gains taxes. You defer them down to the next property. Are there some stipulations and steps in this process? Oh yeah, there certainly is. The quick outline of it is you sell your property, a third party holds the money, you have 45 days to designate replacement properties, and there are limitations, and you have six months to close on those property or properties. And the sale price of the acquisition or acquired properties needs to be more than the price of what you sold your property for. Now to get into a little more detail of it, first, you have to own the property at least a year. It's funny, I just learned that a week ago because somebody in my office was doing a flip, making a pretty good gain. They wanted to defer the taxes but they've only held it for six months so they cannot do a 1031. So you have to own the property for a year. This allows you to defer capital gains taxes, not short-term gains which go on your income taxes. So once you get the property on the market, You get an offer on it, put some wording in the contract, that buyer and seller will cooperate since the seller is doing a 1031 exchange. Sometimes people will put limitations on the contract, like they don't want to close until they find replacement properties. That's actually a pretty good idea because you have tight windows to find another properties. That being said, a purchaser may not want to limit it And just be hanging out there in limbo. They have financing issues. They have cash issues. They want to get it closed. So you got to try and find that balance. Now as you're approaching closing of your property. It's under contract. You're the seller. You're getting ready to close. Probably two weeks out or something. Give yourself some time. I would reach out to a 1031 exchange intermediary. There's companies out there that handle exchanges. Ask around and see if you know anybody that has done one. To do the exchange properly and do the 1031, you have to work with a certified company that can do 1031 exchanges. Basically, they'll get in touch with the title company. You'll sign some paperwork at closing, the money, you know, whatever the cash proceeds are for the seller. They won't go to the seller. They will go to the third-party company who will hold it. If you miss this step and the money goes to your account by mistake or you think you're going to do the exchange later, no, not going to happen. The money can never hit your account. It has to go to the third-party company. Once that date, that closing date hits, you sign everything, it's all done, your 45-day clock starts ticking. Now you have 45 days to designate replacement properties. The money's held by a third-party company. They give you some paperwork by the end of the 45 days. If you haven't gotten anything under contract yet, it gets stressful at the end. Don't don't be mistaken. It's I'm, I'm dealing a little bit of stress now. My designation period is expiring. We do have an offer on something, so hopefully it'll work out. But you t- can designate, there's two options to designate. You can list three properties that you may acquire, Or you can list an unlimited number of properties as long as the value doesn't exceed 200% of your exchange. Which brings on the next step or another piece of the puzzle. In order to defer all of the taxes you have to acquire property for more than the property you sold. If you bought a property for $600,000 you sell it for a million you have $400,000 gain. Your next property acquisition has to be over a million dollars to defer the gain. It could be million one, could be two million, you could do two properties totaling a million five, any of that should be fine. But talk to your professional. I mean, of course, we're going to say that. So you designate your properties, hopefully you get one or two under contract to meet your criteria. Now, once you designate by the 45 days get under contract, you have six months from the closing of your first property to close on the acquired properties. Once you get your replacement property or properties under contract, reach out to your 1031 exchange company. They can issue earnest money checks. They're gonna want some preliminary title work and they're gonna wanna be involved in the process. So get your earnest money, start to do your due diligence, so that you can move towards closing and get this 1031 complete. One thing to keep in mind is you can't get any cash back at closing. Whatever cash you brought from the first deal, that's all going into the new acquisition or acquisitions. Whether it's one or two or three properties, all the cash has to go in there. You can't get anything back or you're paying taxes. I believe if you sell sell a property for a million, you buy replacement properties for 900,000, you'll pay tax on that difference. I'm not sure exactly how much or how that'll be calculated, but figure it out with your accountant. Ideally, you're acquiring property for more than it anyway because you want to keep rolling forward. Putting all the cash into a new property essentially allows you to buy more than what you sold for with no more money out of pocket. So really you could calculate your cash on cash based on your initial investment of property one and not the cash in quotes that you put on property too because your loan was paid down and you have more equity to put in that is actually not coming out of your pocket. So you get the property under contract, get your financing in place or you're doing all cash. It's gonna vary on your situation. Then you, the title company will work at the exchange company and you and and your bank, you'll go there, get it closed, they'll wire the money and you're on off and running. Now you're on your next investment, which is more than likely bigger and allows you to build your portfolio without paying the taxes. If you were to, say, not do a 1031 exchange, your $400,000 gain, you're going to pay whatever the capital gains tax is at the current time plus your state capital gains tax, you're going to lose 21% or 20 or 25%. Depends on the state and the time. Who knows with the way the government's working. And you'll have less money to reinvest. By doing the 1031, you have more money to reinvest and build your portfolio. I remember working with some guy in the past. He was doing a lot of development. And he just sold the properties and paid the taxes. He figured it was easier than doing the 1031 and making his life simpler. That's one option. We're in the middle of this 1031 because we have a gain and we want to still build the portfolio. So that's about it. That's the simple outline of a 1031 exchange. It's not all the detail nitty gritty, but sell a property, never have the money, get your, get your account, gets held by a third party, 45 days to designate properties, six months to close on them, use all the cash and build your portfolio. Okay. I'm not sure what else there is to say on that outline. So thanks for listening. We'll have a new episode next week. This is Steve Burgess of Real Estate 311, your real estate information podcast for business and investment. Thank you. Have a good rest of your week.